Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget the bug spray as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. All right, this is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my pal, Mark Maskey. That's me. Hello it's roughly there. 400 degrees in my office right wow. now. I, I'm hoping the air conditioner doesn't come on, because if it does, it sounds like a jet engine land. <laughs> um, but it is hot in here. You need some cross vent or something. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I'm sorry, you're just gonna be staring at my forehead this whole this whole conversation. <laughs> so I have to lean way forward to get into the mic. Um, so I didn't even think about this uh, before we jumped in to recording. Do we have any announcements? What do we got? What do we got going on? Oh, There's a well, lot of events. Yeah, I mean the buzz seems to be growing around our journey trip at the end of the month. I yeah. We'll see people very excited about this. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought a flashlight, two fla- two flashlights last night. I went high power jobbies. I went crazy. I bought um, I bought a fan for my tent, <laughs> and it has a lantern on it. And you hang it from the ceiling, oh. battery powered, multitask. Uh, yeah, so I bought that. I bought a hatchet. Because uh, I really want to chop everyone to death in their sleep. I was, yeah, you, you sent me the picture of the hatchet. That was yeah impressive. Um, what else did I buy? I bought a bunch of bug spray. Uh, I bought a waterproofer for the tent, seam sealer for the tent, uh, all sorts of like that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. funny because we're only actually camping three of the nights. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, doggone it, we'll be prepared. I guess I should. Yeah, so... Um, I don't. I don't even remember if we talked about this on the show last week. I think we did because I think we had announced the project. But the next thing, so we're still uh, hard at work at uh, the Mothman Legacy. That is currently my main focus. Is actually why I was late to get on this call. I was like sitting here trying to chop out another three minutes. Um, but the next project that we're actually filming is on the trail of Bigfoot: uh, The Journey, which is the follow-up to. Um, I, I don't know how to, we talked about this on the show, but on the trail of Bigfoot season one was two stories, but split across six episodes. Um, and with on the, with on the trail of Bigfoot going forward, we're just getting away from the episodic stuff. So now we're going right into the, I mean, it's not exactly getting away from the episodic stuff because these are still interconnected. So I guess it's not, it's not getting away from that. It's just a longer form version of episodic storytelling. So Mm-hmm. Uh, the journey is going to pick up um, right, right, right now. I mean, it's literally going to pick up with um, the world as it stands today, and uh, 
we start filming at the end of this month and the trip is going to be um mark and uh myself andy your son um my son alexander petikov um uh alexander petikov adam dugan is coming um which i don't even remember if i told you or not yeah. but adam yes yeah adam is coming um aaron was originally supposed to be part of the crew now aaron is not part of the crew but he keeps asking me about it uh as he tries to figure out his schedule for the month so it wouldn't surprise me at all if aaron ends up coming last minute um but as of right now the the group is is uh is that it's it's me you um andy adam aaron and potentially uh, Alexander's brother, I believe is what he told me. Oh, so, oh, cool. Yeah, so traveling from Ohio, it's me, you, Andy, and Adam. Um, and it will be a, uh excursion up into the Adirondack Mountains, um, followed by, uh, well, that'll be basically two days in the Adirondacks near, near Whitehall. And then, um, and then we're going up to Portland, Maine, um, with a brief stop on the way in Massachusetts to interview a couple of people. And then a trip up to Maine where we'll get um, uh, Lauren Col- an interview with Lauren Coleman and Michelle. I don't know how to say her last name. I feel bad about that. Um, I said it very uh, flamboyantly to my wife and she laughed for at least 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking it's not. It may not be <laughs> This is the way I said it. Yeah, it looks like that, though. That's what I said. Um, so, uh, and then we're going up into northern Maine, um, up near Katahdin, Mount Katahdin, which I've sort of come to to discover is like the. I mean, that's oh, geez, I just pulled my. Hold on. <laughs> Stand by. Oh. Further communications. Yeah. Um, now it won't go back in. There it is. That wasn't even my mic. I actually oh. unplugged my mic after the fact. Uh, <laughs> it, it was just the. Uh, it was just the. I pulled my microphone plug out. Now I have to make sure that I have the right audio video editing settings. The editing. So, the correct editing. So yeah, for so um, so that's the trip. Uh, Maine, um, a little bit of Massachusetts and uh, New York, probably Vermont because you can't escape Vermont when you're at Whitehall. You accidentally drive into Vermont. Pretty much every time I drive out to a bare road, I get lost and end up in Vermont because <laughs> it's right there. And even if we go over to um, Carver's Falls, which I'm sure we will, if we go over there, that is Vermont, even though it's less than a mile away from a bear road so you're right on the border there so um yeah the there's there's this is the the big return to the wilds trip for me Mm -hmm. uh, and getting back out and uh exploring after months of not exploring now having said that i have been to west virginia which i'm actually going again tomorrow so i'll be Uh in tomorrow and saturday getting getting the final b-roll shots that we were supposed to get uh last month when we got rained out so um so that's the big that's the big thing that's going on right now and i think we're both excited about it very very it's time to get back out yeah well you guys 
I can't. I, I was actually trying to think of the last time we did a trip together, um, because it wouldn't be. I mean, we've we've done a few, a few um, events together. Well, you're really going to hear the clock in this room. Um, we've done a few <laughs> events together, but we haven't done uh, an STM shoot. In my mind, it's Bray Road. Yeah, I think that's right. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's it. So you guys were, I mean, obviously you and I, well, I guess, I mean, you and I did on the trail of Bigfoot. I don't know. Right. But Andy wasn't involved. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so oh, and that was, was 2018 too. Jeez. It has been 2018. How did we yeah. go through all of last year without any sort of. It, it was. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. Um. Well, that'll be exciting then. So we're going up there. The big thing for me is that uh, I'm hoping that George Henry's place is open just so we can try to get a hamburger there. Ooh, yes. Um, but this this week's episode, we're going to kind of uh, talk about um, maybe a little bit more about what we want to do with on the trail of Bigfoot, the journey. Um, one of the cool things I think for listeners maybe who tune into the show is you get a you get a look at what is going on in as it's happening. So it's almost like behind the scenes, but in the moment, um, you know, it, it, we really have been pretty open always on the show about what we're working on and when we're working on it, except for the secret project that I already mentioned on the show. <laughs> um, you know, that, that we, we usually are pretty open about the stuff that's going on. So we have, um, yeah, we have a lot, a lot of plans for the series or for this film, I guess I have to call it now. Um, but even going forward, um, I've got the next batch of on the trail of Bigfoot um, films sort of planned out uh, beyond this. And there are definitely some surprises coming to the series once once we um, once we get out of this one. And and uh, and I'm hoping there's another coming this year, by the way, like we're not mm. Mark and I talked on the show about how we had a, a British Columbia trip planned. And like that was the big thing we were looking forward to, obviously, because of COVID-19, that's not going to work right now. I'm still not complete. I haven't completely written it off, but I think at this point it would be very difficult for us to get that together. Yeah. Um, yeah you have third, to be able to get into the country. Yeah. <laughs> for starters. Yeah. So and I have that, another thing. A, oh, another thing planned that I got to talk to you about um, oh. that would, that would return us to a, a location. Oh. Um, a little later this summer. So we'll see what happens, but for, for sure, I think we're both really looking forward to this. Yeah. And, um, so in all my prep for this project, I've, I went out and bought, and there's actually something that I bought waiting at home for me, but I went out and bought, um, what is it? Shadows in the woods. Is that what it's called? Shadows in the woods. Yeah. Daniel green. Daniel greens. Yeah. Yeah. Shadow in the woods. Um, I bought monsters of or big Bigfoot. What is oh crap? What is Paul Bartholomew's Bigfoot book called? Oh, uh, Bigfoot Encounters in New York and New England. That's it. Yeah, Bigfoot Encounters in New York and New England. I bought that. That's waiting at home. Um, and then I I did go for it and buy a used copy of Monsters in the Woods for an exorbitant <laughs> sum of money that I'm kind of upset that I had to pay, but yeah. um. I've I've wanted a copy of that book for a very long time, and if I can get Bill Brand involved in this project, um, this will probably be my last shot at really getting those guys to sign a copy of the book for oh, me. Yeah. So I really want to try to get a copy and go up there and get Paul and Bill uh, to sign a copy of 
So that, was that was that self published or what was the? I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I just know there's like three or four different authors on it. Yeah. Uh, That's definitely out of print at this point. Yeah. Let me look it up. I'm curious about that now that you mentioned that monsters. So anyway, um, what have you been researching for all of this? Oh, well, well, the exact same book. I dove into Shadows in the Woods because that's that's one that I bought and then put it on the shelf for later. And this seemed like the perfect time because I realized pretty quickly that when it comes to Maine, and like the general geography of, of Maine, I don't, I needed to catch up quite a bit on what we would be looking at actually. Cause yeah. you know, my experience with Maine has been essentially Portland and Freeport and yes. no further North. So I needed to figure out where these counties were and so forth. So it's exciting to think we're going to be up there by Katahdin cause that's, you know, it's very iconic as far as, um, not just Bigfoot stuff, but just East Coast in general. And, and you know, it's where the uh, northernmost point of the Appalachian Trail is and just all of the all the lore surrounding that area. And artists loved to go and paint Mount Katahdin and stuff back in the day. So it's it's exciting. It's real, like, deep American history type stuff mm-hmm. tied into this. Yeah. Um, North North Country Books. Um, which actually, now that I'm reading this to you, North Country Books contacted me back when Beast of Whitehall oh. was coming out and wanted to distribute it, but uh, we did not take oh, wow. it up at the huh. end. It wasn't, it wasn't super... Uh, yeah, we didn't take it up to do, yeah. do that. But uh, North but Country Books... Uh, and they publishing things. They so, are, yeah. So it's kind of weird. They wouldn't... Monsters of the North Woods, written by uh, Paul Land, uh, Robert... Paul and... Sorry... Paul and Robert uh, <laughs> Bartholomew, William uh, Bill Brand, and then Bruce Hallenbeck. And of course, we have uh, in Beast of Whitehall, we have a, a, a little audio clip or a video clip that plays uh, from Bruce Hallenbeck's. I, I think it's like his mom um, or sister. So I'm I'm actually really psyched to get this book. There's something, you know what? Like going over. Uh, Monsters of the North Woods reminded me there's just something about that area that like the that I get into. I don't know why it is, but no matter what, um, that Adirondacks area, the Bigfoot stories up there, there's always a uh, an element of strangeness to them. And I'm not talking about like invasion on Chestnut Ridge style, you know, high strangeness. There's just a strange weirdness to the Bigfoot reports. Um, and it also reminded me that a lot of the Bigfoot reports in that area are of creatures that are, are different from the traditional Bigfoot that we associate with, uh, the Pacific Northwest or even like Ohio. Like there's a very tall and lanky, uh, description that seems to come up pretty consistently in the, in the, uh, Northwoods area and up into, I, I discovered even up into Maine, um, but, um, the slippery skin was one that I was reading about this morning that I thought was really cool. I don't know if you, if you dove into that stuff, but that was super fascinating because mm-hmm. there was a report from 1759 of this thing, yeah, which runs back, you know, I mean, a very long time. Uh, and that was, I guess that was another thing I discovered while reading this, this shadows in the woods book is that, um, so many of the reports 
have a history. So one area will have reports from like the 70s. But then you read back and you can find reports that date back centuries. So it it reminds me of, you know, areas like the Gallipolis Ape and things like that in Ohio. There's similarities there uh, in in New England um, and the Northeast, especially um, that remind me of of some of the the aspects of all of this that I really love. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The the thing that that. Shadows in the Woods opens with is like this series of wild man reports from one area. What is is that Durham? That's not Durham, is it? Uh, I don't remember. I there was a part. There was one part of that book. It, it goes into huge detail on this Connecticut, like old school. That might that might be it. The sighting. The, the uh, it keeps re- repeating the the sele- selectman. Is that it? It's like Selectman Smith or something like that oh, who had yeah. this sighting, and it, this same guy just keeps coming up in every article. But the crazy thing about that was how meticulously it's documented. Like this is yeah. do- this is documented across yeah, exactly. Um, like I think a couple of weeks, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, oh yeah, town. The Win- it's the Winstead Wildman. Okay, Winstead Wildman. Yeah, yeah, and that's Connecticut. Yep. Um. And yeah, you're exactly right. It's like insanely detailed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would people I think would be really genuinely surprised to see how documented it is. And yeah, that, yeah it's super cool. And that's yeah. you're right. That's the case with New England in particular. I mean, it's not. It just it makes sense that you know that's where most of the settlers came through first. So mm-hmm. it just follows that um, newspapers and documenting reports and stuff that goes back the furthest in those areas. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, you know, New England gets passed over a lot. I think that's changing subtly. You know, it's not Pacific Northwest famous in terms of Bigfoot, but I think what people are starting to tap into once again. And I think this, uh, you know, the journey is going to really bring it to the forefront that you know, especially in the northern regions of New England and Maine and New York, there's a very long history in these wild areas um, of these type of reports, and even encroaching on civilization too. I mean, it, it stand it makes sense looking at the the plotted reports in the back of Shadow in the Woods. You know, there's a, there's an awful lot of reports coming out of southern Maine, which makes sense because that's where most of the people are. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go very far north to start getting a bunch of reports because typically people don't venture farther north in Maine because all it is is woods. <laughs> That's what we're going to encounter, I think, is that just the sheer forestedness of Maine. It's uh, it's insane. Yeah, apparently the the state of Maine has more timberland than any state in the Union, including Alaska. Right. Um, which is insane because yeah. then that's followed up with the fact that is it New Hampshire that has the second most timberland or is it Vermont? It's one of those two states has the second most it mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's crazy because you think of Alaska and that is a massive state or you think of, uh, I guess, even California or or Oregon or Washington as being forested. And mm-hmm. apparently, you know, the most the most forested state in in the union is is uh is Maine. So yeah. yeah, and and I guess 
I, I haven't been able to figure out how like rugged and mountainous it is, uh, northern Maine. I don't think it's terribly mountainous, but I would say um, I would say it's the forest itself that is is really exciting to me about going to that state. Yeah, um, you know, especially, and I think going from the Adirondacks to Maine is going to be so interesting. Um, because they're both, it seems like the places we're going in both of these states are incredibly isolated. Um, okay. Now, I don't know, I know on the drive-in, my plan is to drive from Ohio into the most isolated part of the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. Um, right from here, right to there. Uh, and then I don't think we're, I think we're staying closer to Whitehall, so we'll be out of that. I think we're going to be staying a little further outside of what I had originally planned on doing, which was literally sleeping on in a tent on one of those mountains. I still would love to try to do that, but but the idea of where we're going is going to be uh, staying in an actual a uh, place with that where, where there's been Bigfoot activity um, very recently and where sightings have happened. So as much as I you know want to just go camp in a really isolated spot, um, you know there's there's an opportunity here to actually be close to Bigfoot activity, and we are making a documentary about Bigfoot, but. Um, where we're going, we are definitely going to like Wells from Ohio. So -hmm. we're going to experience that first thing. I just think it'll be really cool to throw you guys into that right out of the gate. And just the isolation of driving into there is the craziest part of it. And, (laughs) and you will lose, we will lose phone service immediately. Like, like you'll get 20 minutes into the Adirondacks and then it just gets crazier and crazier. And that's the thing about it. Like people don't understand and our movie, Beast of Whitehall, did a somewhat decent job of showing the beauty of the Adirondacks. It never showed the isolation because we weren't focused on the central part of the Adirondacks. We were focused on Whitehall, which is actually not even in the Adirondacks. It's it's on the skirt. It's skirting the edge of the Adirondacks. Hmm. So um, that central location, that middle of the Adirondacks, is is the most isolated I've ever felt. And I like I'm really excited to take other people there that, especially yeah. you because you haven't been to that area at all no, now I actually coming back from the white mountains this past uh, october we drove through the adirondacks but it was like it was on that outer edge so adam's experienced it a little bit and uh, i'm sure alexander being like the paul bunyan of our group that he'll <laughs> yeah. been through or davy crockett i guess as a better yeah. um figure but it's 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 going to be awesome to get up into that that really dense uh, isolated forest. Yeah, the vastness of it is is really exciting. I'm looking forward to that, and I I think that factors into the the reporting, you know, and the Bigfoot sightings that seem to predominate in these places are the va- the areas where there's uh, you know just vast and Vast and North seem to go together in both New York and Maine and, mm. um, and water, of course, if you have a good mountain stream or something, then you just, you've got the setup, the perfect setup for something out there. See, and that's the thing too, I guess the other thing I'm excited about, not even relative to Bigfoot, but I just want to see what other wildlife we stumble across while we're out there, because it's a whole different picture than Ohio. And what we could end up crossing paths with. Alexander told me he'd be surprised if we didn't see moose. 
um, uh, because we're and I read yesterday where we're heading in northern Maine up up near Katahdin is yeah I, I believe that's where near where they call Moose Alley, which is mm-hmm. is like thousands and thousands of moose. Oh my um, goodness! All over the place and black, but tons of black bear too. Twenty three thousand mm-hmm. plus black bear in that area. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, honestly, our group is going to be pretty sizable. Um, right. Shoot. So. Um, you know, if I'll throw someone else in front of that bear. <laughs> That's uh, the cool thing about the Shadows in the Woods book, too. Uh, if you remember, the like, the first chapter is like all of the usual suspect animals that you could chance across. And there's like lynx and mountain lion. And did you read that stuff about the caribou in Maine? Like yes. there used to be caribou. Yes. And that was fascinating to me. I thought that was so cool. I thought the interesting thing about that too was that they were driven out. They didn't. They weren't like hunted to extinction. They just were like, "Ah, screw this!" And like, yeah, <laughs> headed north. Yep. And then you get those like one-off sightings once in a while. Mm-hmm. That would. That's really wild. Yeah. Um. Had you read this book, Shadows in the Woods? Had you read it before? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So did you buy it because of this trip, or did you already own it? No. In fact. Funny story about it is we bought it from Lauren Coleman because he had copies of it at the Ohio Bigfoot conference. And, you know, we had been hanging around him a little bit. And then I think probably day two, we bought this book from him. And he was kind of like, you know, I didn't write this, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, clearly you didn't write it. But would you can we still buy it from you? (laughs) Would you still sign it? Yeah. I have to say, it's a very, um, I mean, it puts me in the mindset of John Green, like the way it's written. It's a very well-written book, um, really expertly compiled. Daniel, I believe, is the same guy that that did Shaggy, Funky Monster. Is that correct? Oh, I didn't make that connection, but I I bet you're right, because it's the same publisher, right? Yeah. Yeah. Coach Whip is... uh, Oh, now I forget his name. The historical big cat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's his publication. Yes. But, um, uh, and Chad, I believe is in Ohio, which begs the question of why we haven't interviewed him from the trail of Bigfoot yet. Maybe we'll get him in this season. Um, but yeah, the, the book itself, I gotta, I have to recommend that, that book. And I'm really, I mean, I started with this one. I probably should have started with New York. This, this thing's massive too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very big book. Um, so I gotta, I have to, I read really slow and I need to get into these New York books because I want to refresher on, you know, the, not, not necessarily the A-Bear stuff, but some of the other cases and sightings that have taken place around New York. Um, because for me, we're actually going to spend more time in New York than we will Maine. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, this trip was an excuse to go back to New York. (laughs) And originally this on the trail of Bigfoot, the journey was just basically just going to be like a return to Maine. Um, but what we're going to manage to do, I think, is is take a really n- neat, concise look at the that northeast coast region. And um, and it's interesting because that's really not something we covered in on the trail of Bigfoot mm-hmm. uh, originally. It, we didn't get outside of we we filmed in the western part of New York a little bit, a little bit of B roll, but but we really didn't get far into New York. And the other thing I'm trying to do with this, uh, the journey that 
should become pretty apparent right from the beginning is it, it should be a lot more personal than on the trail of Bigfoot one. I mean, on, with on the trail of Bigfoot, we were kind of finding our footing with this kind of storytelling. And now that I, I feel like I have my feet under me, I think I know what I can do and what I shouldn't do and, and things like that. So I'd like it to be a little more personal and, um, and go into some, go into something other than just like Bigfoot reports and Bigfoot history. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you and I have talked about, I mean, the, the big, the subplot or whatever you want to call it of this movie is going to be that interconnectedness of Bigfoot and nature. And it's something we've talked about on the show, but that's the big theme of this episode and how, and how big Bigfoot himself always big, almost becomes like Bigfoot itself, whatever you want, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. uh, almost becomes an excuse to draw us back out into yeah. that nature that, you know, and something, and right now, like that is, there's something very, very, um, healing about that mm-hmm. coming off of months of sitting in our houses and, and yeah in my case my office <laughs> yeah i mean that's I, I like that focus because it is true and especially the last probably week and a half the the awareness that you know this is the month and we're going and you know getting ready for it has been such a like bright spot uh, and a time and a year where that's been characterized by things like being taken away from you mm-hmm. and closing down yeah. to have, to have this as a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel that's coming. Uh, now that it's close, it's very exciting. So I, I, that'll be a cool theme to pursue. Um, I think we were going to try to do more of a, a Bigfoot centric episode than probably what we've done but i'm sure we'll we'll be able to really like boil get down in and we might do it we might make the next few episodes sort of focused on new york and maine and talking about specific cases and things mm-hmm. like that can we talk a little bit about the durham gorilla though because i've, <laughs> I've been reading uh today especially about this yeah case uh this is a 1973 if i'm not mistaken um Dur- durham maine which is close to uh it's only like i actually looked it up because i thought it'd be neat to run by there and we might still actually when we're on our way up to to katahdin area um i at least like to get some shots of b-roll shots of the town and stuff like that in case we do go into this case but it was a case from 1973 again i might be completely mistaken on that um but some kids saw what they called a uh a gorilla or like a gorilla with a monkey face. It's a kind of a strange, mm-hmm. there's actually a really quick, let me see. Oh, I don't, I don't have it. Oh yeah. Right here. Um, well, what I love this leads Loki. I don't know if you read that, but that was another term yeah. for, yes. for Bigfoot, uh, that I discovered, um, that I thought was hilarious. But, uh, the, the case is interesting cause it, you know, there's a lot of people who subscribe to this idea that there are like multiple species of Bigfoot or subspecies or whatever you call them, mm-hmm. uh, type one, type two. And this is like the gorilla type, I guess. It ran on its hind legs and its, um, it ran on all fours, but it would occasionally run on two legs. So it was drop, it would drop to all fours and kind of run and then run on its hind legs. And these kids saw this thing running and then, and then that sort of sparked, it's a classic small town monsters case actually, because it sparks a series of sightings that go all around Durham for like two weeks where tons of people end up reporting, seeing this thing. Um, 
and police are out looking for it. There's, I, I didn't read anything about, you know, mobs going in search of, or posses going in search of the Durham gorilla, but I'm sure it happened given that, you know, you read about the police looking for this thing, but this was all in 1973. And of course the, one of the people that's sort of involved in the case even today is Lauren Coleman. Lauren's insistence is that this was not a Bigfoot, that this is, you know, like he, the quote I read from him, at least this was the quote from back when I read this article, which I think the article I read was from 2012 where he was quoted, was saying that maybe it was an escaped zoo animal or a southern swamp ape um, that had made (laughs) its way up into Maine. Um, It got lost. Yeah, it got way lost. So... I thought that was I thought the Durham Gorilla case was super interesting and I really want to do some sort of focus on it in on the trail of Bigfoot the journey because it's one of those classic cases that I've heard about over the years but didn't know anything about until this morning. And the the uh, nickname that this creature was given also was Osgood the Ape. Yes. Did you see? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I have to say like Maine and New England in general they they own naming things i don't know what it is but when it comes to like creativity yeah and uh alliteration and stuff they just have their their naming skills are crazy and so like yeah and that the 73 this this whole um the durham gorilla and stuff i mean the the sheriff's department does get involved with that Mm mm-hmm and uh, there's allegations of a gorilla costume, mm. but that nothing really comes of that. It's, it's like a court, three persons are tramping over lawns and breaking down shrubs and other ornamental plants as they roam about the Shiloh Road area where the quote-unquote gorilla reportedly has been seen. And um, I guess somebody in Durham had been wearing a gorilla costume as part of a political protest. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I read that. So, yeah, so there was some crossover there and in allegations that 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 explains quote unquote the the whole thing, which uh-huh. it clearly didn't, but it, it just that whole small town mix of mm-hmm. explanation and stuff. It's really really cool. And it's worth mentioning that like I mean, I don't know that every town, but uh uh a good number of towns across the Northeast, whether it's New York or Maine or New Hampshire, have their own Bigfoot stories, local Bigfoot stories. And in most of the cases, they've given it a name. Like it's got its own, it's got its own moniker it goes by. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the Bennington Triangle's up there. And, you know, that's that's where you get into the, oh, shoot, now I, I forget the name, but they've got their own, Bennington in that area has their own moniker for their local Bigfoot story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I find all those, not all those, but a lot of those towns that we looked into or, or read about while we were there had that. Um, but there's just something too about there the, that Northern tip. When you go up to the Northern part, like the Northeast part of New York, um, that is really special. And I can't like, I keep saying this, but I really cannot mm-hmm. wait to, to get back to yeah. that area and go, um, and just to take you guys to Whitehall, like I know Andy's been there, but just to, yeah. just Adam, be, Adam being involved is really exciting to me because his, you know, like he was a big, he was a big, uh, fan of Beast of Whitehall, even before him and I really, you know, had met each other or hung out. Um, right. he was a fan of Beast of Whitehall. So, 
getting to take him up there is going to be really cool. And and uh, and then maybe like something will happen. Yeah, I think the problem with that is I've been spoiled by the Area X trip because you go and you you expect something to happen that something does happen. Right. And this this time around, like I got a lo- I think I got a lo- I have to lower my expectations that something that I'm going to encounter something Bigfoot related because mm-hmm. the odds of it happening are very slim. But having said that, like it would be amazing if I th- I think I told you I don't know if I said it on the show or not, but I think I told you. If I had a sighting anywhere, I'd want it to be either Ohio or New York. Right. Yeah. Especially that Whitehall area. Yep. Yeah, I would be happy with the teeny tiniest little intimation of Bigfoot having Mm -hmm. passed through. That would be super cool. Yeah. Um, We are going with Steve Calls and um, and a buddy of mine as well. Hopefully, um, Michael's going to be able to go with us. And Michael is interesting because Michael got into... Um, or at least partially got into Bigfoot because of Beast of Whitehall. And, uh, you know, they're both uh, cops, so they have an interesting uh, background. And, uh, and, and it, you couldn't be, you know, in a more fitting place with police officers than Whitehall, uh, given, <laughs> given its connection to law enforcement having a mass sighting of Bigfoot. Yeah, um, right. So I'm excited about that as well. Um, we're going to interview M from the forest floor uh, while we're up there, uh, which I'm pumped about as well. And yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it's going to be, uh, it's only, a, uh, I mean, it's just, we're gone for six days, but we're, we're only gone really for five nights. So it's an, it's an abbreviated trip for what we're going to attempt. I would, I would posit that it is verging on the insanity that we attempted with the east coast ufos trip but i think with that trip we actually had a little more time but we did and and we hit more we had a little more time we hit more states um maybe we didn't have more time i can't remember what the length of that part of the trip was but we we hit so many states on that trip and this one is really only two states where we're actually attempting to really you know get out and get b-roll and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but um, having said that, we are we are not doing what we did with UFOs, where we were only in those locations for really less than twenty four hours, almost every location. This time around, we're going to be you know we're going to be in the Adirondacks a couple of days. We'll be in Maine a couple of days, so that should be a good a good basis for you know like putting out some really really getting some really great B roll and maybe capturing some activity. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, we're going to get some great interviews and um, and catch people up on on the history of the area. Yep. Um, final thoughts on this particular episode before we leave. Oh, it's, it's super exciting for a number of reasons. And, you know, we touched on the fact that we haven't really been out or or done a whole lot in this respect. So just going out is exciting, but it's also exciting to me because I feel like in particular Maine, but also New York too, there's just a whole body of reports there that I've only scratch the surface you know as far as the what are the you know what are the baseline sort of um commonalities in these reports what to ex- what to expect not to mention i mean the historical stuff i'm really happy to dig into this shadow shadows in the woods and the other uh, the bartholomew book because yeah. it's just stuff that i do not know as much about as like pacific northwest stuff and it's just exciting to be on that end of something, you know, where you're learning as you go 
and sort of putting the pieces together. There's something really rewarding about that. And, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really, uh, I don't know to, to be out there in those vast spaces is, it feels necessary at this point more than anything. It's funny. You'd say that too, about learning as you go. Cause I think that's, I was thinking about on the trail of the other day and that's kind of like what the whole thing is about. Like more than someone asked me on the, the, uh, the group page, like what is it, if we're getting rid of the, the, the mini episodic nature of the series, which again, I don't really think we are, we aren't throwing out the, the baby with the bathwater on this, but it, it is going to get away from on the trail of Bigfoot. Isn't going to be those micro episodes anymore. It's not going to be 20, 25 minutes. Um, what are, you know, how does it separate itself from the movies? I mean, the movies are cinematic looks at specific localized cases. And, and there is no, there isn't a, 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 there is a personal, I mean, that's really what s- sets our stuff apart. I think from a lot of people, but there's no, um, it's not from our point of view necessarily. And that's what on the trail of kind of does things differently in that it puts the narrator in the voice or it gives the, the narrator, uh, a first person sort of viewpoint on everything that's happening. And you're learning everything through, through the narrator's perspective. And in this case, and on the trail of Bigfoot's case, that's me in UFOs. It's Shannon and on the trail of the Lake Michigan Mothman, it's going to be Tobias and Emily. And so like it, you're kind of learning about these phenomena or phenomenon from, from the perspective of whoever is, is telling the story. So that's, that's one of the big things mm-hmm. I'm in the same boat as you. I know very little about that area, uh, period. And like, that's something else is like just learning about the geography and the, the, the animal life and flora and fauna in that state yes. has been fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't normally, I'm a very slow reader and I'm already halfway through shadows in the woods and I just started on like Monday or Tuesday, which yeah. again, I'm a slow reader. So that's impressive for me. Um, that's a huge book though. It's like 500 plus mm-hmm. pages. Yeah. Bibliography and everything. That's, that's a big tome. I think the reason I'm trying to get through it too is cause I've got these other two books I really want to get through. So yeah, my goal is to have this thing done, um, sometime next week. I'm taking it with me to West Virginia this weekend to get, get some more filming done and then hopefully I'll bring mm-hmm. it back. All right. Um, if you're a listener and you want to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, that would be appreciated. You can send mail to monsteropolismail at gmail.com. I just realized we did have, didn't we have a letter? I think I yeah. Four... yeah, we have a really good letter that is uh, from our buddy Andrew Smith. Yeah, we should probably wait on that one, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Okay, we'll wait on that. Because till... it, it could really be an episode unto itself of yeah. the subject it raises. So yeah, let's hang on to it. For listeners, um, the Mothman Festival has been canceled officially as of today as well, which means the official world premiere of the Mothman Legacy has been canceled. Um, don't don't actually don't quote me on that. We're, we're working on something else. So there might be a premiere and it might take place in or around Point Pleasant the same weekend as, as the festival. So put a put a pin in what I just said and keep an eye on our social media. We are trying to get something else together uh even if it's just last year i did a signing down there even if it's just something like that um i know they're up for it and they want us to come down so we might try to to get some sort of <laughs> event together uh for the same weekend as the, the, the that the festival was going to take place um so anyway uh that's our big event that was our big event that was really it for 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 our year we've canceled we've 
been canceled out of every other event. And it was a light year for us anyway. We only had five events canceled. So for the summer, that's everything. We have one thing in the fall still on the docket. Um, and then and then we're done for for this year. So once we get once this this was the last big event. Now having said that, again we're still trying to plan something for the weekend of the festival. So keep that in your keep that bee in your bonnet, dear listener. <laughs> All right, thanks for thanks for listening. Monsteropolis is proudly presented on Wadsworth Community Radio 97.1 FM or streaming live at wadsworthcommunityradio.com. It is proudly underwritten by Thurber's Jewelers on the Square in downtown Wadsworth.